You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. I see a lot of people dressed in black and red. I must have missed the memo. God, I hate when that happens. This time y'all include the pastor. <laughs> Now, it might have been somewhere, I just didn't see it. All right, Psalms chapter number 90. And verse number 9 through verse number 12. I will read it in your hearing from the King James Version this morning. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score and 10, which 70, and by reason of strength, their fourscore years, parentheses, 80, which is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thy anger, even according to thy fear? So is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our heart unto wisdom. Also, Ephesians chapter number four, five, excuse me, verse number 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I would like for you to think upon the subject coming from verse number 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Think upon the subject this morning, making the most out of your time. It's going to be another very practical life skill lesson, but it's kind of a misnomer when I say making the most out of your time because it's actually God's time. We just got to manage it. So we are stewards of the time that God has given us here on earth to make a difference in other people's lives, making the most out of your time or God's time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity that you have given us to come. We ask you now, Lord God, to breathe life into this word that you have already prepared for your people. Let it fall on good ground. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen. As I researched this particular message about time management and time trying to get a hold of your time, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, in an article in June 28, 1923, I mean 2023, so it's recent, said, how do Americans spend their time? It says, and they looked at people's lifespans and different things like that, so uh, I'm not going to argue the point, I'm just giving you some general statistics. But it says, Americans, we spend 28 years, two months, and five days sleeping. 15 years, three months, and seven days working and doing work-related activities. We spend 13 years, 11 months, nine days relaxing and doing leisurely activities. Seven years, seven months, six days doing household activities. Six years, three months, 15 days caring for children. Five years, seven months, 13 days socializing and communicating. Four years eating and drinking, and one year, five months, and 16 days traveling to work 
It just gives us like a snapshot of all the things that are happening. How many of us have ever heard our parents say, when we were young, it seemed like the older you get, the faster time goes? Do I have a witness in the house? I don't know what it's about, but it seems like that is a true fact. But still, we only got 24 hours a day. Somebody says, when as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. When I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still I grew daily, time flew. Soon I find in traveling on, time is gone. That teaches us that Moses was saying, teach us to number our days. Some of you know the song that Cher released in 1989, I believe. She says, if I can turn back time. Anybody ever thought that? That you look back and say, I would do things different. If I could turn back time, I would maybe take care of myself better or I would mend relationships better or I would not allow some of the problems that now I'm experiencing uh, uh, be an influence in my life if I could just turn back time. But let me just let you in on something. You cannot turn back time. Time is a strange commodity. You can't save it. You can't borrow. You can't loan it out. You can't leave it. And the only thing you can do is use it and invest it and make sure that you redeem it or buy up the time that God still has for us down here. Can, you get, can I get an amen? amen? See, every one of us, look at your neighbor say, he's talking about you, has three appointments or three unavoidable appointments by God. First, there's an appointment of our birth. Ecclesiastics says there's a time to be born. We didn't have nothing to do with that. We were born. The second appointment is the time of our death. Hebrews 9 and 27. For it's appointed unto man to die once. And then the third appointment, then it says, then the judgment. So when we think the passing of time, how fast time goes, keep it in mind that we have three appointments that we've got to make. It behooves all of us to think in terms of how am I investing my life because time is flying by. Scripture has a lot to say about the brevity of life and how short life seems. James 4 and 14 says, Yet you know not what your life shall be tomorrow. You're but a vapor. I thought about it, the fact sometimes you strike a match, you see the smoke, but it's gone very quickly. Job says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and it comes to an end without hope. We find in Samuel, he says, for surely I shall die like the water spilled on the ground. You spill water, it's dried up. As you get older and you start to look back, you see how fast and how events in life happen so fast. And if we don't get a hold of getting hold of our time, it can slip away and you sit back saying, what have I done with the time that God has given me? In Luke's gospel, Jesus tells a parable of a man who called his servant and said, 
give an account of the stewardship of time. See, we know God's going to hold us account for our money and our resources, but also God is going to hold us in account for what we've done with the time that he's given us. So it's not always about the quality or how long you live, but how you live that makes a difference. We oftentimes, I'm sure you've heard preachers say in, in funerals time, it, it, it's not the date of your birth. It's not the date that you transition, but it's the dash in the middle that makes the difference. And that dash in the middle will determine where you spend eternity. So therefore, regardless of what we look at time, we got to say, I've got to invest my time. I've got to uh, redeem my time. I've got to uh, 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 buy up opportunities that God has given me because I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. When we look at time, and I'm going to skip over some of this, we find out that there are 168 hours each week. I like to see it, and there's times I've done this with people. I've taken a coin out of my pocket, and I say, here, I'm giving you this coin. I say, you can spend it any way you want, but the catch is you only can spend it once. And that's the way time is. See, there are two days that can steal the strength and the joy of today, and that's yesterday and tomorrow. See, a lot of us have let yesterday steal the joy and the strength of today by living in the past, living in regrets, living in hopelessness because you made a mistake, living in the past saying, I wish I would have done this, I wish I would have done this, but you can't turn back time. You got to let God handle that, put it under the blood and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in today. I can't do a lot about what I've done on yesterday or what happened 10 years ago. But God has given me a new day. I got a new 24 hours. I got a new start. And I'm going to do, make the best of what God has given me right now. <laughs> Paul said, forgetting those things in the past. Right. Yes, all of us have got some regrets of yesterday. But if you... Focus in on yesterday. It'll stop you from enjoying the day. Right. When, when we look back, we can't enjoy the strength of the day. God says, I'll give you your strength for today. Daily bread I'll give you. If you worried about yesterday, that's already happened. Some of us are so worried about tomorrow. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen with the economy? Who's going to win the, the election? Who's going to do this and how I'm going to make it? See, not only worries sap your strength from the past, but if you worry about the future, it also drains us. See, we have to understand we can worry ourselves into an early grave or to an early sickness, but when we understand that God tells us you don't have to worry as being his child, he promised he would take care of me. You ought to shout right there. He said, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like the heathens. Don't be like the pagans. Don't be like those who don't name the name of Christ. You've got to rest assured whatever comes, goes, in or out, economy. God is not restricted to our economy. God says, I will supply your need according to my riches and glory. Wall Street was shut down. God said, I'm still in control. 
You can lose your market share, but God said, I'm your source. God says, look to me, trust me, and I'll see you through whatever you're going through. Don't worry about tomorrow. God is already there. Before you know there was a problem, God says, I'm already there. Not only am I already there, I already got the answer for you to the problem. We just got to learn how to lean and trust and depend upon a God that's getting us ready for that great day. Martin Luther, the great theologian, says, pray and let God worry. So if we're going to make the most out of day, we've got to remember that yesterday is a council check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is all the cash you have. Think about it. Why do we allow yesterday and tomorrow take the joy out of today? Why would we sit in church and can't enjoy the Lord because we worried about what I did yesterday or last night or what you're going to do tomorrow? Lay all that aside and say, Lord, you have given me this time to worship you. I'm going to put everything else aside. I'm going to put everybody else out of my mind. And I'm going to worship you the beauty of holiness. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called present. You can spend it. You can redeem it. You can take advantage of it. Or, or you can kill it and do nothing with it. But remember, God is calling us into account what we're going to do with our time. I wasn't planning to say this, but in moving, I might as well, while I'm thinking about it. I'm saying, in learning how to make the most out of your time, you've got to learn how to make the most out of the season of the time that you're living in. Y'all hear me say, young people, be young. Amen. You don't have to act like me. I've been there. I was once young, but now I'm old. No, what I'm saying, live it in your season. Go out and do things. Enjoy life. Solomon said, enjoy life. But he said, remember, at the end of the day, you got to fear God because you're going to have to give an account. Yes. yes, be saved. But enjoy life. Life is a gift. Everything God has given us is a gift. Why walk around with your head down? You are given an opportunity. A lot of people didn't wake up to this morning. One day this week, I was going into the gym, and I, it was one of them cold mornings, and I saw a gentleman who was probably between me and Sister Ingrid in the back, and I was ahead of him, and he was on a walker, and he was walking, and I thought about it, I'm going to wait for him, I said, no, I ain't going to wait, that's too long, and I'm going to wait, and I said, no, it's too cold out here, and so I eventually waited for him, and I opened the door, and he said, thank you, thank you for letting me in and being so kind, and he said, boy, it, it, it's tough being old, but I said, that is a privilege some people never got to enjoy, are y'all here? I know there comes pain. I know there comes trap. I know there comes heartache. 
But still, if God has allowed you to live this long, God's got a purpose for your life. Don't look at the pain and the suffering. Look at the opportunity that God has given you and invest it back into somebody else. Say, preacher, you're on the clock. Okay, I got to get going. When we look at Psalm, we find that Psalms 90 is attributed to Moses by most theologians. Therefore, Psalm 90 will have been the oldest psalm that was written. It was written during a time where Moses was older, and Moses had the enjoyment of seeing things from the hindsight, from behind. How many of you know that hindsight is 2020? A lot of things you can look back and say, if I would have only known. And Moses, no doubt, was looking at the situation at Kadesh Barnea where the people rebelled against God because in chapter number nine, he talks about God's anger, God's wrath. A whole generation died in the wilderness. Now, I am taking uh, liberties to kind of explain this, so I'm taking some sanctified imagination. Imagine. With all these folk down, a whole generation, he would have put Jordan and, and Preston Charles out of business. That's right. Moses had to do all these eulogies, all these people dying, left and right, right and left. And every time he turned around, there's another funeral. A whole generation died. Now Moses is looking back, saying how fast time goes and how fast a generation has gone. And he, he acknowledged, Lord, you are Stable, you are God from generation to generation, but we as men and mankind, we're afraid. He said, Lord, you are from everlasting to everlasting. But when we look at our lives, Lord, we're like, we, we, we come in God. So he said, in light of what I've seen, in light of what I, I believe, he said, so teach us to number our days. Notice he didn't say teach us to number our years. He didn't say teach us a number of months. He didn't tell us to teach us a number of weeks. He said teach us a number of days. He brought it down to a smaller, minute detail. So he's saying that every day ought to count. And so we ought to ask God to teach us to how to number every single day and how to make every single day count for his glory and for our benefit. When you think about it, he said, teach us the number of our days. He says, so that we may apply our hearts towards wisdom or that we will learn something. See, that, that, that there's one thing getting old, but don't be a fool being old. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from the things that you've gone through. Let getting older stabilize you. Let getting older and growing through the age process uh, 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 I don't want to call in too bad, but Elder Miles is speaking about this at the Hope House, talking about getting old and things that our body goes through. And I can say amen to all of that. But in all of that, as he was telling those young men at the Hope House, in all of our getting aid, God has still given us a privilege of being alive in the land of the living. And so whatever we can get right, you can get it right. Tell your neighbor, you can still get it right. If you're breathing, you can get it right. Paul tells us redeem in the time. That that word redeem means to buy back time. 
And, and you say, well, I thought you said you can't buy back time. He's saying buy back opportunities. When God gives us an opportunity, in the past we might have pushed it off. In the past we might have said, I ain't going to take no chance. He said, buy back opportunity. Some of us have allowed opportunities to come and go where God was going to bless us. But because of our unbelief, because of our belief in other people other than God, we allowed the opportunity to pass. That word opportunity comes from our English word towards the port. On those ships, before they had power engines, they had to make sure when the wind was blowing, they had to point their sails in the wind to get where they're going. So they had to be ready for the opportunity. God has given us some opportunities. God is doing some things in Bethlehem Temple. But what we have to do is say, Lord, as you blow, as the opportunity comes, let me redeem, let me buy it back, let me get busy doing what you call me to do. Trying to think about where I can. No, stop that. I think about Caleb. Caleb in Joshua chapter 14, when they get ready to divide up the land. They told Caleb, now he's 85 years old. They said, Caleb, we're going to give you Hebrew, but uh, we really don't want to give you that neighborhood because that's, that's the who. That's downright who. He said, that they got some brothers over there. You don't want to mess with that. It's gang infested. It's got crime. You don't want to go there. We'll give you one of the other lands, one of the suburbs, that you live in another uh, nice neighborhood. But Canaan said, God had promised me this land 40 years ago. So he was saying, give me my mountain right now. He said, even though I've waited 40 years, I've been denied 40 years, what God has promised me, making the best of my time, I'm claiming my promise right now. In other words, you got to stop allowing folk to hold off on your blessing. Caleb said, give me my mouth. In my mind, I, I, I would think Caleb said, wait a minute now, I listened to y'all once before and, I, and, I, and it cost me 40 years. Caleb said, I ain't got 40 more years. You got to tell for I ain't got a whole bunch of time to be messing with y'all now. I ain't got a whole lot of time to run in circles anymore. Caleb said, I'm 85 years old and my, my, my time is limited now. I'm on the clock. But, but as God gives me strength, I still want to fulfill what God has called me to do. So as I make some applications, where we look at how we make the most out of our time. First of all, let's look at Jesus. Jesus guarded, first of all, his devotional life. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. If we're going to make the most out of our time, we've got to uh, guard our devotion or our private time with God. Right. You'll find Jesus in key times in his life, he was going before God in prayer. Right. And one thing I have to learn, the busier Jesus got, the more he prayed. Right. Think about that. Oftentimes, the busier we get, the less we pray. Because we allow all these other things to crowd out our devotion. We allow all these other things to crowd out our personal life. We, 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 we worry more about our reputation, what people think. So we're doing all these things so people can think highly of us. But when you let your devotional life go, you're crumbling. 
And it's only a matter of time you're going to get up publicly and you will fail because you didn't uh, protect your private life. In other words, if you can kneel before God in your private life, you can stand before people. Jesus said, I'm not going to allow all of these people to, to cause me to lose my time with devotion. Think about Jesus. If anybody knew he was on the clock, Jesus did. He lived 33 and a half years, three and, a th uh, three and a half years of ministry. All of these people was coming after Jesus, and some was with him just for the fishes alone. Everybody didn't want to hear what he had to say. There's going to be people pulling at us. But you got to say, in all that, I still got to make keep my connection with the Lord. Because that's the most important thing. Because if you're going to have strength to make it in these evil times, you got to spend time with God in devotion and prayer and meditating on God's word and spend the time with God's people so we can build up our inner man. Because our outer man, our fleshy man, got enough strength all by itself. Can't say amen, say ouch. Watch this. Jesus was not driven by the expectations of other people. Hear me. Sometimes we are driven not by what God wants us to do, by other people's expectations. One of the toughest things in ministry is people's expectations. They want you to be God to them. Want you to be everything to them. And you can't even be everything to your own self. And I like myself better. You have to learn that you can't be on everybody's chain. You can't be on everybody's calendar. Because people will pull at you, draw you, until you ain't got no strength left, and then they'll kick you to the curb and laugh at you. Jesus says, my job is to do the will of him who called me. In other words, I'm not going to be pulled by the expectations of other people when it interferes with what God has called me to do. Some of us have to discipline ourselves. That I don't have to answer a text within 30 seconds of you sending it. Am I in the right house? Just because you notify me of a post on Facebook, I ain't got to respond right there. And if that's your expectation, don't like me. No, I'm saying we've got to learn. That you're not on everybody else's calendar. God has a mission. God has something for us to do. Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free and to give hope to those who don't have hope. Jesus said, that's my mission. That's what I'm about. I'm not about everybody else's expectations. Jesus even had time had to put his family in check. Mother said, do this. Jesus said, it ain't my time. <laughs> He said, woman, they hate my time. Don't, don't get me going there. In other words, because Jesus knew his time and his purpose, he knew that it was going to come to fulfillment. He didn't let anybody even get him out of the timing of God. And that's what we got to do. Alleviate yourself from people's expectations if you're going to learn how to manage and do the best out of your time. Also, we learn that Jesus, uh, he made the most out of his time because Jesus had a strategy. 
Jesus says, I'm going to devote myself to other people and invest my life in the other people. Think about it. Jesus, when he saw the multitude in St. Matthew chapter number nine, and the Bible said his heart grieved because he saw the people were like sheep without a shepherd. Right. Jesus didn't say, you disciples, y'all ain't working hard enough. He didn't say, you disciples, y'all ought to uh, work overtime to get the job done. He didn't say, I'll pay y'all more to get it done. He said, no, pray that the Lord of the harvest right. will send more laborers into the harvest. In other words, he says, it, it, for, for you to get the most out of your time, invest our lives in other people so they can multiply what God has given them to do and we can reach more people in a more efficient and effective way and nobody has to be burned out. We think working harder is the answer. But oftentimes, just work smarter. As you get older, you learn that. I ain't lifting all that stuff anymore. I'll go and get a car. <laughs> time. Just tell your neighbor, time will tell you. If you don't see it now, you will. I remember the old folks, when we first bought those chairs in, in, in the best of you, they were saying, how come you didn't get the chairs with the arms on them? I'm like, you know chairs with the arms on Now I see. <laughs> I once was blind, but now I see. Uh, every now and then, the moms will help you get up out of that seat. But, but I understand it better by and by. Some things you understand better by and by. Jesus made time for individuals, the woman at the well, the woman who had an issue of blood. Jesus equipped other people. And as I close, Jesus chose the company he was going to keep. Amen. Doesn't the Bible say something about you're going to be like who you hang around with? Doesn't it tell us something about bad company, corrupt good manners? In other words, if you want God's best or if you want to make the most out of your time, you got to connect with folk who go where God is taking you. And as it relates to other people, everybody else, yes, we make time for people, but everybody's not your assignment. You can't save everybody. Everybody's not going to be a member of Bethlehem Temple. Everybody's not going to see this as their home church. But what he's saying, you've got to learn to balance yourself. And lastly, before I close, Jesus learned how to rest. Somebody ought to clap right there. Okay, I ain't clapping. I'm going to clap. If I can say it like this, Jesus practiced self-care. <laughs> that's a term that's being used and thrown around a lot in our day and time. Jesus, even though he was the son of God, God manifested in the flesh. Jesus got tired. And he left people at times when they still needed him. He still left people that need healing. He's left people still in want. But he realized that if I don't get my proper rest for my natural body, how can I be effective for God? 
You can be as anointed as you want to be. But if your body's broke down, it's going to limit what you can do. You are anointed, but you're broke down. Anointed, but you can't even get to the pulpit. Uh, anointed, but you got to have everybody uh, help. So you got to learn how to rest and take care of ourselves. Because again, when we think about making the most out of our time, I want to spend my time doing, I want to spend my time investing, I want to spend my time in helping people and not spend my time trying to recover from the things that I've done in the past as far as uh, bad uh, habits that I have acquired over the years. I just believe that when we make the most of our time and we have that goal in mind, Lord, I want to hear you say, well done, God will be in the midst of us. Lastly, as I really am closing this time, the greatest factor that you can have today or think about is, am I right with God? The devil will tell you, you got time, you're young. The devil will tell you, procrastinate, put it off. Christianity, that's an old man, old woman's religion. Live your life. Go out there and do all that you can do. And then when you get old and broken down, and, 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 and they, they, they got to carry you and then serve the Lord. But what the devil is not telling you, that lifestyle comes with a price. I said that lifestyle comes with a price. I said that lifestyle comes with a price. That lifestyle comes with a price. And even if God's grace saves you later on in life, oftentimes you still have the effects of the lifestyle you live. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.